I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to Hardcore Listing Podcast. How are you all doing? It's another week. I'm back. And I'm back on my own. So I know I do a lot of these intros on my own, but I'm actually doing this episode on my own. Um, Chrissy's uh, currently moving house uh, and I believe as I recorded this episode uh, with today's guest Chris also recorded a episode with his uh, long-suffering girlfriend uh, that has to deal with him leaving his house and getting on a skateboard to go to work in a shirt and trousers for fuck's sake Um, yeah so Today's episode uh, is just just myself, and it's with a guest that is a former guest of Distraction Pieces, um, and he's also a guest on the new podcast that I've helped um, put together um, called The Person First, and his name's Stuart Roberts, and Stuart was a uh, very successful hairdresser, and he's a very successful hairdresser, and set up a charity called Haircuts for the Homeless, um, which is an amazing charity, and we we talk about it at length on this. And we also talk about some of the reasons that that led Stu to to do some quite remarkable things, and and a lot of these things come out of his recovery um, with with alcoholism. And and we discuss that throughout this podcast. and it's a, it's a it's a really interesting top five. Uh, it's something that I'm very passionate about. You've obviously seen the artwork. It's top five UFC events. Um, and so I think I, I do actually mention this at the beginning of, of, of the recording as well. If you're not a fan of UFC, it doesn't matter. Because as much as we, we talk about the events uh, and, and we talk about it with such passion because I'm sure you're aware by now that me, Pip, Chris, the whole gang are, are, are huge fans of this sport, um, and that's kind of how Stuart come to um, appear on our on, on my radar. He's he's been cutting Pip's hair since Pip was a a little boy, uh, which we talk about how they know each other, um, and it's it's just a lovely chat. Stuart's a completely open book, um, absolute heart on sleeve, and and it's the first time really that I've ever sat in a room and and, and listened to somebody that has you know, battled addiction, uh, uh, and, 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 and found out about recovery. And it's, uh, it's a real insight into, to someone's journey, this podcast. So, um, I'm sure you're going to love it. Um, so before we get on with it, just thanks to, um, sounds so weird that I've just spoken about 
recovery uh, and, and alcoholism. I'm about to say thanks to our sponsors, Love Beer. No irony there. Um, and thanks uh, ever so much to Bang Boom Creative uh, for being a sponsor as well. Thanks to Mr. 76 for producing this podcast. Thanks to Scroob and everyone at the Distraction Pieces Network. Thanks ever so much to Stu Roberts for coming over and doing this podcast. Um, and thanks most of all you lot for just being bloody nice people and supporting this podcast. So I will um, catch up with you at the end. And uh, and if you want to hear the uh, the what it's like to have to live with Chris Glass, and then there's an episode over on our Patreon page, which is uh, patreon.com forward slash hardcore listing. And we should say that it's the most successful it's ever been, our Patreon, and that, again, comes down to your absolute generosity and support. Shut up and get on with it. Please enjoy Hardcore Listing podcast number 123, I believe. With haircuts for the homeless founder, Mr. Stuart Roberts. Enjoy. It's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present Hardcore Listing, the podcast. Well, we are recording, and welcome to Hardcore Listing. Uh, it's uh, it's me today. It's not um, it's not Chris. Um, so you're going to be in for um, a high quality show with zero guesswork. Um, it's going to be far more measured, and uh, and uh, yeah. But I'm not alone. I'm joined today by a former guest of Distraction Pieces, former guest of the Person First, and uh, and friend uh, Stuart Roberts. Hello. Of Haircuts for Homeless. That's me. How you doing? Very good. Yeah, Thank you for coming over. I know. Do you know what? It's really weird because we met. Um, well, we sort of our, our paths hadn't crossed, but our mutual friend Scroob. Yeah. And um, he was like, "Do you know Stuart Roberts?" And I was like, "No, I don't think so." Uh, and then, as I expressed to lots of people now, when when trying to describe who you are, he's the bloke off the national lottery advert. That fella there. Yeah, that's so, cool. <laughs> yeah, that's it. But. But, uh, uh, well, I mean, we might as well talk about the, the thing that you're going to cho- choose for your top five because that was the kind of thread that kind of Pip introduced me to you as. It was like, do you know Stuart Roberts? And I was like, no. And, and I think it was when me and Pip was in Glasgow watching a UFC. Yeah. And uh, so, well, I'll tell you what, Stuart, I'll let you introduce what your top five is going to be today. Right, well, my top five is going to be, um, and it's such a nice thing, to not talk about haircuts for homeless, even right. though I love it and it's my passion. And we are going to talk about that for well, a bit we, as well. well. Of course we're going to talk about it, but it's just nice to just bring something yeah. else in. And, and the other passion of mine is UFC. Yeah. And uh, when you said about the five things, I thought I would do the five best events I've been to. Right. And I feel really guilty now because all afternoon I was, I've was i had to jot it down because I, I couldn't remember where I'd been and yeah. to what. And I've gone on them and thought, right, I went to that one, I went to that one. And I've got this list here, and I just realised that I've spent the children's inheritance <laughs> on UFC events. <laughs> so I apologise to all of my children for that. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll leave the posters to you in my will. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's the, the thing, that when Pip was like, do you know this guy? And he, and he pulled up your Instagram page, and there's pictures of you with literally a who's who of UFC legends. Yeah. Generally in Vegas, yeah. and I was thinking, oh mate, he's been to some some events, so it's a perfect five for for us to talk about today. Yeah. And 
And and we get, let's just get the ball rolling first. Right. So are you are, if you are you going from like five being the best or just five that you've loved? I think it's just five. It's all about it's personal. So it's the okay. five that I've really yeah you know made memories in yeah that I've loved. Yeah. And we should say that um, if you're not a fan of UFC, don't worry about it because <laughs> it, it's going to be a fun chat and. Aside from that, we're going to find out all about Haircuts for the Homeless as well, which is an incredible um, charity that, that Stu set up, and it's, 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 it's wonderful. And uh, so we're going to be discussing that as well. So I know lots of people get freaked out when me and Pip start going off about um, UFC on the drunk cast. So uh, so it's not just going to be that. It's going to be a good chat with Stu. So, so right. um, you're in for a treat. Before we go on to that five, sorry, Stu. Yeah. Let's just quickly touch on this weekend's UFC that's just been. Mm. So, firstly, they're charging for it. Yeah. That I did not see coming. No. So, I, I pay for BT Sports. I don't follow any other sport. I like my boxing. Yeah. But I buy BT Sport purely for UFC. Yeah. And I th- whatever it is, 10, 15 quid a month. Yeah. And they wanted another 20 quid out of me this weekend. Well, I've, you know, Dana probably's feeling the pinch, so he probably wanted a few quid. Didn't yeah, he's struggling with the mortgage. Struggling, bless him. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I think it's a bit of a kick in the teeth because I'm the same as you. Mm. I, I only buy BT Sport for yeah. UFC, and um, you, you think you've got it covered, and then they hit you with that. But I'm not shocked. Yeah. Because it's the one of the year, isn't it? Yeah. It's the one. If they if they're gonna be able to get away with it. People are going to buy it anyway, aren't they? I suppose it was an incredible card. Yeah, like it was uh, <laughs> headlined by by John Jones and uh, uh, Tego Santos, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, for me, that wasn't nowhere near the the, the fight of the car for me. That I, I I wasn't blown away by that fight. Um, I think because he injured it, you could tell his knee was yeah. You could tell he just weren't at his... I think him at his full strength would have been a much more interesting fight. Mm. Mm. Agreed. So let's just quickly touch on a few of the others that were on that card. So underneath that was Nunes versus Holly Holm. She's amazing. She's cemented herself as the greatest now. And she's just a machine. And she's like, you know, I mean that kindly. She's just an absolute machine, the woman. Yeah. And she's beat everyone, hasn't she? She's now, like, knocked them all. Everyone who's been a champion... <laughs> they've gone yeah and it's it's not really been a, a tight decision she's just <laughs> waded through the lot hasn't she like in spectacular fashion yeah um, what was before that um, Luke Rockhold and uh, yeah. Blagovich was it yeah uh, again <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable oh god no it wasn't there was another one wasn't there okay Oh, my God. I mean, that was ridiculous, wasn't it? Fastest knockout in UFC history. Did you see him preparing 48 hours earlier? No. He's preparing 48 hours earlier with uh, Mike Brown, running across the ring, flying knee into a pad, 48 hours before. So that was completely planned. Um, And talk about forward projection, you know, that sort of Mm. forward victory projection. Yeah, he'd done that. But that was over and done with before he stepped into the cage. He knew that was going to happen. So, just to explain that for those that haven't seen it, um, and if you still haven't seen it, spoiler Sorry. alert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, Masvidal, um, who kind of come to notoriety in lots of the kind of YouTube backyard brawls, and yeah. he was he was a real street fighter, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah. Um, and as as kind of rocketed up the ranks, he 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 destroyed Britain's Darren Till, didn't he? Yeah. 
um, and then found himself facing the unbeaten Ben Askren, yeah. who's uh, certainly a confident young man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> however, his his strength is his wrestling, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, as the, the literally the the buzz has gone for for the first round, they've Masvidal was run at Askren, that's instantly gone for the takedown. So he's obviously ducked his head to go in. And Masvidal's done a, a flying knee yeah. and out cold, four yeah. seconds, job done. Yeah. Well, they, that really, like, as Joe Rogan said, it was pretty, really like a two-second knockout. Yeah. He, was he didn't need them punches. No, he was, yeah, mm. was going to have them. Yeah. He <laughs> 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 it, 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 it talked enough, uh, enough shit to deserve them as well. I think it's the same as when uh, Hendo, I don't, I don't know if that's on your list, when Hendo Bispin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is that on your list? Yeah, well, it... The, the the rematches right oh, okay okay yeah, the rematches so that wasn't the first one with uh, the UFC hundred when he just completely annihilated with that and they said you know whatever you do don't circle right and he did right yep. into his right yeah <laughs> and then he just flew one over didn't he yeah flew through the air and landed one right on his jaw <laughs> and in his own words just to shut him up yeah. I believe well uh, uh, it's a great way to shut someone up isn't it yeah he, he weren't saying a lot. <laughs> In fact, sorry to butt in, but I went to a, a fan thing in London a few years, like a long time ago. It was just after that, and Hendo was appearing. Wow. And he had photos that he was, people were signing, mm. and he's, he had the front to bring photos of him landing that shot. Amazing. On the floor. That's what he was in London, and people, he was signing these In pictures. London as yeah, well, yeah. To, the home, to homegrown yeah. hero as well. Yeah. Oh, amazing. The fight that I really enjoyed... Um, was Arnold Allen versus Gilbert oh, Melendez? Yes. Uh, <laughs> Go on, son. <laughs> oh, mate. So he's 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 from. It's really weird when you hear Bruce Buffer going from Suffolk, yeah. England. Yeah. Uh, so there's this kind of. He's a pretty strange young man, Arnold Allen. He's said yeah. some bizarre things post-fight interviews about his dad. Yeah, I, I remember that. Yeah, which was oh, quite odd. odd. Yeah, <laughs> um, but he's got one of the best um, unbeaten runs at the moment, yeah. I think, in, yeah. in UFC history. Yeah. I think it's 6-0 in yeah. UFC, and so he's he's in good company at the moment. Yeah. And uh, and he fought the legend that's Gilbert Melendez. Yeah. Who, oh, I, I love Melendez. And, oh. and he just, it's, it's the young buck, and it, taking over the... And it was. Yeah. It, that's how it felt, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And he's, um, for, um, and again, I don't know if that's on your list of events that you was at, but the Melendez... Diego Sanchez fight. Oh. It's one of my favourite ever fights. Yeah. Like. Well, I've only actually been to Vegas once to see a fight. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So a lot of them I've have been all around the rest of yeah. mainly Europe. Mm. But I went to one which is on the list. Yeah. Uh, New York is on the list. Right. And I did go there before because I went to see the um, years ago. I saw the Ricky Atten fight against Mayweather. Right. I was out there for that, and that was nuts. My brother-in-law went to that, and he said the weigh-in was as good as the fight. He said he's never, and he's a die-hard Liverpool fan, goes football every yeah. week. He said, I've never been in a crowd as good, as an exciting as that Ricky Hatton crowd was. Yeah. Yeah, it come a close second <laughs> <laughs> to the weigh-ins of, one that I'm going to mention. All right, all right, cool. Well, let's but, start. Let's start yeah, this show. Yeah, yeah. Number so, five. Right, yeah, right. Um, I'm going to do them. I'm actually going to do them in order. So it's not top five. 
it's actually and I sorry if there's rules but I'm not, I can't do that <laughs> you go numerical I'm going to go when it began right brilliant so the first one I went to I'd watched I got hooked I was an avid die hard boxing fan and I got hooked when I watched the Ultimate Fighter series mm-hmm. with Bisping in it right when he won and then the next thing I saw was that, uh, that it was this thing called UFC was at the MEN Arena in Manchester, UFC 70. What year is this, Joe? This was uh, 07. Okay. Yeah. So it's, uh, And it was at the, he fought Elvis Sinisic, and it was his first UFC event in England. And I think it was the first one in England since the brawl of the Albert Hall. Right. Which is, you know, so I'd not been here for some time. Um, and it literally blew me away. The atmosphere. I mean, I've been to Emily. I've been there to see boxing fights mm-hmm. and Ricky and all these things. But the atmosphere, like when he come out for that, it just absolutely took the roof off. Mm. You know, and he won that and he brought his boy on in the cage and it was, you know. Yeah. It was just an amazing night. And you know when you just, you know. Yeah. I mean, I we've talked about it before, I've had problems with alcohol. Yeah. It was like the first time I had a drink. <laughs> <laughs> the first time I had a drink, I got served in the swan. In the <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I'm like, this'll do me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that was that same like buzz of that, you know, like, yeah. wow. It's, it is a fair, it's, it's hard to explain, <laughs> but it is a different crowd, I've found, so far, UFC to boxing. Yeah. I've been to, a fair few big fights, yeah, yeah. Right? Um, and it felt to me maybe that's changing as UFC is getting bigger and bigger. And I guess we'll we'll talk about the Conor McGregor effect at some point in this yeah. in this this discussion. But it felt like the, the the crowd at UFC events, as much as there is testosterone in the air, it doesn't quite feel the same as. A boxing event, from my point of view. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, I think it's. Um, I think it was a, like that. Mm. I think it's getting more that way now. Yeah. I, I've noticed there's more. There's there's more tension and there's a Definitely. bit more ag going on yeah. the last since the last sort of couple of years. Mm. It's you know maybe maybe because then it was pretty much no one would go unless they was into it. Completely that. You know, so you're pretty yeah. much diehard fans mm. and and everyone was really there to see it. Mm. Uh, before you get the boxing effect of everyone there to be seen. Yeah, yeah, totally agree, <laughs> totally agree. And it's always amazed me, some of the best cards, it's not on one of my lists, but I'm, I'll never forget that Anthony Hardock film, uh, fight, film, fight, in the beginning of, uh, like, um, I think it was UFC Birmingham, um, going back, and I think it was the first fight of the card, you know, and the place was empty. Yep. And you're seeing some of the best fights. Yep. And these tickets, what I normally sit in until someone claims them off me. Yeah. <laughs> when I weed on my way right there. Yeah. I did, my nickname was Front Row Stew because I was always <laughs> in the front row. And I never bought a ticket for it. But like, they'd turn up like two fights before the yeah. end. You know, because they want to be, they're in the bar. Yeah. And then they want to be seen and make an entrance. And yeah. I think, you, you, you look mad. Yeah. You know, some of the best films are on the undercard, aren't they? Fights. Sorry. Me and films. Whenever we go, like, Pip's like, because I just, I'm always like, I don't mind driving. I said, because I'm not going to have a drink. No. Like, because I don't want to be going to the loo. I don't want to be walking yeah. around the O2 trying to find a toilet because I've had a couple of pints and I need a piss. It's like, yeah. I don't want to be doing it. Because I'm lucky that Pips took me a fair few times as, yeah. he's, as he's plus one. Yeah. We're front row. 
Yeah, and it's yeah. amazing. I know. And um, it's a privilege. It's an absolute privilege. Yeah. And 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 I've I've sat in the back row and watched Cole Frost box at the O2, yeah. and that's not a privilege. That's that's a waste of money. Yeah. Like because you're looking at a dot and yeah. then you're watching a screen, and it's like, and to to be lucky enough, maybe three events now, maybe some of these might be on yours that I've gone to with Pip and. Yeah, it's it's it was so weird because when we're watching them early fights on the um, prelims cards, on the prelim cards, there's maybe a thousand people in the whole of the O2, yeah. and like, and it's not until maybe three fights before the the you know the the, the main fight, and and sometimes it's just before the main fight it fills yeah. up, yeah, because people are just on the piss in the bar, and it's it's a shame it because me. yeah, yeah, absolutely, I end up with a front row seat, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And I do, I do this walk. I walk down and with my ticket and I sort of look at my ticket. It's like this big pantomime I do. And I go straight to the front. Oh, and I go, oh, well, there's my seat. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. And then someone goes, you're in my seat. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'll sit in this one then. <laughs> Have you really blagged that all the time? Oh, loads of times. Loads That's incredible. Loads of times. At boxing as well. Yeah. Yeah. I have literally made an art of it. That's impressive, mate. <laughs> Who else was on the card at that one, show? Right, this was um, Gonzaga. Okay. Yeah, Gonzaga, um, he, it was all about, um, I'm going to have to, I'm going to, because I've had so many punches to the head, so I'm going to go on my, because uh, of what I did as well, I made sure that I, uh, I did this, so I knew who was I was talking about. Right, UFC 70. Yeah, Crowcock. Right. right, nice. Now I know Crocop, but you know the brain don't work sometimes. Yeah. Now Crocop, known for his his legendary like knockout, yep. leg kicks, like you know, like um, head kicks, and Gonzaga knocked him out of a head kick, didn't he? He, uh, I think Rogan said he's just Crocop, Crocop. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that I mean that was that was amazing. You yeah. And and there again we was front row for that, and you could hear it. It was like someone hitting. A telegraph pole with a baseball, yeah, bench, you know, and he just went and he sunk, yeah. Like, yeah. And if I'm rightly, did Gonzaga then just go and like run at the camera, didn't he? And I yeah, think it's been used on a it. highlight reel for years, hasn't yeah. it? Since yeah. like brilliant, brilliant celebration, hmm. yeah. Can you remember anyone else that was on the card? Um, it was uh, oh, Olofsky. right? That's a decent card, isn't it? Yeah, Olofsky for for uh, Fabricio Verdun, right? Wow, um. And yeah, Lossky won that. It was when he was on his first streak. Yeah. Um, um, Machita was on there. Czech Congo. Bloody hell, that's an amazing card. Mm. Oh, uh, Terry Etting was on there. Right. And Terry Etting was on his rise to, like, yeah. he was really on a path to glory, that boy. Mm. Um, um, Sakara, who was rubbish, I used to think. So was, was Pickett still WEC at that point? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he was still he was still in that. Paul Taylor was there. I used to love Paul yeah. Taylor. What a great fighter. I liked him as well. And Silver got beat that day by Jess Lauding, who was one of the UFC fighters, uh, the ultimate fighters. Or uh, someone, uh, yeah, he got submitted on that. So, yeah, fantastic card. That's incredible. I didn't know what I was watching. Yeah. You know, um, but uh, Bisping took the day. Yeah. Even though at the time I didn't realise these legends that were fighting. Yeah. You just had it was it was our man, and, yeah. And you know, and he's 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 a he's a strange character, Bisping. I mean, he's he's done incredibly well, yeah. and like and 
and I, I'm not necessarily a big fan of him as a as, no. as a fighter, but I couldn't help but just think, do you know what? I would never put money. You would have won that belt, and and it took right to the end of his career. And yeah. and fair play, yeah. like you know, he, you know, he, he he done it, and he done it well. Yeah. Um. And 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 has now gone on to become a, you know, a, an half decent pundit. Yeah, you know what oh, I mean? he's, he's pretty good, <coughs> and and, and uh, great to see him in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah, that was this yeah. weekend, wasn't this it? Weekend, yeah, put in the Hall of Fame, and rightly so. Yeah, because his um, his grit outweighing skill. Yeah, you know, yeah. and uh, I hope he'd take that in the right way. But absolutely, because um, I wouldn't want to argue with him. No, <laughs> no, not at all. And, and some other people. <laughs> Who else got inducted? I think it was um, Diego Sanchez and Clay Guida got it for the. F- I mean, again. Diego Sanchez's name just will keep coming up, I guess, because I, I mean, I, I love him. Like, I, love I think him. he's just an. The nightmare. Yeah, he just bites down on that that yeah. gum shield, and he's like, yeah. right, let's stand and trade. And and that fight with Melendez, oh, unbelievable, incredible. incredible, unbelievable. All right, before we get on to the the next events, Stu, so give us a little bit of backstory as to. As to who you are, for those that aren't aware of, of, of Haircuts for Homeless and, and, and the, the man that set it up. Um, in what way? What do you want to know? How did it come about? Uh, it, purely by accident. Um, I was, because I, I said earlier, like, I'm in recovery, so I'm 13 years sober. Um, and part of recovery is you help other people. And you go, you know, I, I went away, AA, and people go away, AA, and do it that way. I was sort of then realised I wanted to do something else because there was it wasn't to replace AA, but me and a, a couple of people we was decided to try and do something for people who don't want to go to AA because mm. it put some people are not into that. So uh, we wanted to explore other avenues about it. So we, you know, like are you cool sitting in here? Like, would you sit in the bar? Is that is that all right? I've I want a normal life. Yeah. Right. My wife is the biggest pisshead on this planet. <laughs> right? My friends are the biggest pissheads in the world. Yeah. If you was drinking, it'd be cool. Yeah. You'd bore the arse off me after about three, year, three, three hours and I'd yeah. probably go home. Yeah. But not in a malicious way. Yeah. It's just that that's that side of it, you know. But it's not, oh no, because there are people, you know, anti-smokers, you know, the people who stop smoking and they're mm-hmm. a pain in the arse. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be like that. So it's nothing. Drink's fine. Yeah. It's just not, not everyone can do it. Yeah. Some of us can't do it. And then we have to stop. Some of us should stop, but we don't. <laughs> yeah. And then, unfortunately, the ones that sometimes die. Yeah. Or lose their family, or end up in as one of our customers in a homeless centre. Yeah. So, um, it's all about action. It's about doing something about it. It's recognising the problem, um, and doing it that way. And and that's what I was doing with these people. I was in um, used to go every Monday afternoon do a couple of hours talk. So they'd come in. Some would listen, some would tell us to F off, like, you know. And you, you was talking about recovery. Recovery, purely, yeah. mainly alcohol. Yeah. Know? I mean, I was, I was, um, you know, I like Coke and, yeah. and then I went, you know, in the eight, 88, I was, I found my first pill and I was like loving the rave scene and all of them things, everything that I, that some people can get away with, yeah. I'd have to excess. So. Are you a naturally addictive oh, person? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm like, the kids, like. You know, it, it's like, oh, dad, it was just, what is it, trainers now? Is it, or oh, what is it, like, a certain bar of chocolate? Then yeah. there's like 40 bars of the same bar of chocolate <laughs> yeah. in the fridge. You know, it's just it's just one of them things. But it's okay, because I know how to deal with that. I recognise yeah. things coming on and I work. It's a constant, evolving, I won't say battle, because it sounds like too much, but, but 
it's a constant awareness of yourself so you're constantly working on yourself uh, but it's the, the motivation is you don't want to go back to what you was because you'd had enough of that you know and you were so there's an old saying you're sick and tired of feeling sick and tired yeah. so it's a motivation to, to not do that but you have to really give in like so we're talking about fighting it's really there's a the, uh, just just for people who can't see this because it's not videoed I am a real bell end. You know, like when you're a bell end and you really like being a bell end. Mm. It's like, I'm quite happy about that. My kids take the piss out of me constantly. Because yeah. I'm sitting here in my haircuts for homeless t shirt and my UFC tracksuit. <laughs> <laughs> what a knob. Oh, it's decent, though, mate. I love it. <laughs> but, you, you know, like, it, it's that thing of uh, just acceptance. Like, you know, so we're talking about fighting, but then we're talking about fighting to stay sober and fighting um, to keep your sobriety. And so going back to that, so I've gone off on one, but I, it, it was it was talking to people about alcoholism. At the same time, I saw this guy pop onto Facebook from America, Mark Pustos, and he was doing these street makeovers, you know, the real Dan and that guys, and he would sm like slick them out. I remember this. Yeah, yeah. yeah I remember that. Really, really like hit. Um, being a hairdresser, I thought, oh, that's really cool. And then, I just saw the guys coming in for something to eat at Sally Army in Romford. I thought, next week, I'll bring my scissors. I'll do a couple of haircuts. And they loved it so much. And I loved it so much that I thought, I'll, go and do, I'll do this every week. Only on my own. Then a few, a few salon mates said, oh, yeah, we'll come and help you. And a couple of others sent us, said, oh, can you come to us? And within a few months, we had three going. And I thought, right, this is something we can do. As opposed to the street guys who go yeah. out and do it. This is something we can actually uh, recreate, or, yeah. you know, roll out, because it's a safe environment. I mean, you've got young trainers, no, we don't have trainees, we have fully qualified stylists, but if you've got, say, a young girl, like, I can't send her out in the streets of Camden or something sure. to cut out, because I can't guarantee her safety. Yeah. Whereas if there's a crowd of us and we go to a, a homeless centre and we work within their parameters, it's a safe environment and it's something that we can replicate. So it just came from nothing, really. And so, the, the the first time that you cut someone's hair that was that was homeless, hmm. like what what did you get from that, and what did they get from that? Like, because are, th are these people, uh, you know, because uh, I, I imagine some of these people probably don't have conversations that regular a lot of the time, and like you know, just to have that one to one time with someone listening. Mm. Like, I might, t tell me how it is. Well, that's that you've just summed it up. The most powerful part of it. I mean, it, it's like any aspect of life. Wherever you go, whatever walk of life you go in, there's there's so many different characters in life. Um, and you go to homeless centre. There's so many. So there's some who are very flamboyant at talk and everything. Some are withdrawn. There's a lot of mental health problems. So that you're right in that some people they they don't get to speak to anyone. Um, it's often been said they feel invisible. And then, and I've said this so many times, but I've had people thank me for talking to them. And I say, like, what? Where have we come in society that someone has to thank you for, like, just yeah, speaking that's, to Yeah, that's fucked, isn't it? It is fucked, you know, like, but it's not, even then, it's not like, oh, everything's, no, let's just acknowledge it and do something about it. Yeah. Um, but definitely for me, if I am really honest, I, I was at a stage in my career 
where I was disillusioned with hairdressing. You know, I'd been banging away for 35 years. The business wasn't anywhere near what it used to be, uh, as, a, as, a, as alongside so many on, others on the high street. Everyone's struggling to keep, you know, to make, not even make a profit, to break even. Everyone's struggling yeah. to break even and that, working their pan out. Uh, and I, but all of a sudden, there's no money involved. It was what, it was that pure thing of hairdressing where you get the instant feedback that you make someone feel better. Like you'll go to barbers and you'll have your beard tidied and you look slick. And, you, and even though it's not stereotypically like the thing, you still go, oh, yeah, cool. Yeah. You feel good about yourself. You yeah, know? of course. You know, uh, women do. You know, they have this lovely feeling of, oh, thank you, thank you. You imagine if you've had the shittiest month, you've not been able to wash. Someone's come and kicked the shit out of you. I mean, the big rise now in violence towards others, but it was incredible. And I was up in um, Newcastle. It's become like a sport up there. Really? This, oh, this kid, he, he said to me, like, he explained to me, and that these, these people really touch me because they're, they're, you know, like, he's like my son's age. My son's 23. Yeah. And I'm thinking, like, this kid probably is 23, 24. And I'm thinking, this could be my kid talking to me. And he's like, oh, yeah, well, I don't stay anywhere near the town centre now because if, if you're in a doorway or something, and they come out of clubs, they'll just come they'll just come over and all kick the shit out of you. And he'd been beaten up, he was all like, you know, all cut around his head where someone had done it. So then they're having to go out, you know, find someone really out of the way to sleep. What the fuck's wrong with people? I don't know. <laughs> Why would you do that? <laughs> well, because it's all about barriers, isn't it? Because someone does it, um, People are in a certain frame of mind when they're really pissed or out of red on something. And if someone laughs at some point, that barrier's broken, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? It's like, it, it, I'm, not, I'm, I'm just trying to, th I'm not justifying it at yeah. all. I'm I'll, just trying to explain Stuart, what, I've, probably I've, what happens. You I've know, stood like, on the doors of nightclubs for 27 yeah, years. Yeah. I've seen some people do some ri ridiculous, ridiculous things, yeah. like, you know, when they've had a beer. Um, <laughs> but... I've done it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've done some awful things yeah. when I've had a beer, you know. Like, and in the end, like, that's why I can't. Yeah. Because I, it's this Jekyll and Hyde effect, you know. The, pe the, 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 the essence of who I am distorts. It's like, it's like a distortion of my, you know. I'm not a perfect person, but the person I become is a distortion, an ugly distortion of what I am. How did you realise that you've become that person? Um. It's a, it's an interesting story because it's like, um, it, it's a story that many people have, and you I'm don't have to talk about this. Oh way, no, you no, you, you'll be, you'll, you'll regret asking me anything. He'll <laughs> <laughs> be like, you'll be turning the lights off, you know, like <laughs> longest podcast, like Ken Dodd when he was on stage, you know, like <laughs> someone shut this fucker up. Oh, brilliant. Um, but it, you know, like. It is important because it's a, a, it, it's important because if someone out there hears this and um, they recognise it, it might make them think, oh, yeah, absolutely, you know, that's, and that's why you, you have to say this stuff. But you know, it was a really bad. My last drink was a really bad one. Um, it involved all the family. Was at a family meal. I made a real tit of myself, um, and I wanted everyone to come back to our house. It was a Sunday night. With kids at all, our kids were all sort of lovies. They've all done this stage thing, and 
and uh, it was someone's birthday, so it was all going to go for a meal after. And all I wanted to do, I didn't even wait for them to come out the stage door. You know, it was like, I'd say to my wife, oh, you wait for them, I'll go and get, make sure the table's all ready. It's not, I wanted to get in there, you're going to piss. That's yeah. what I wanted to do. So I've dragged some people there with me. I'm half cut when they all arrived, not even asking, oh, how, did, how was it? Was it good? You know, self-obsessed. Um, I got more and more drunk throughout the meal and said more and more inappropriate things and behaved more and more inappropriately. The next thing I said, I've got a cabin at the bottom of my garden like this. I've- a lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. And uh, I said, oh, look, all come back. Everyone come back, everyone come back. I, f- I don't know what happened. I think I, I went out there again because I want to get home, probably have a line of Coke or something, to, you know. Yeah. Um, and then in this, so I'm all waiting down there. And next thing I see my wife coming in with the kids and she's on her own. So I've gone like, where is everyone? And she's like, no, I want to come. It's Sunday night. People want to go home and watch Heartbeat. Mm. <laughs> They've done the party. They've all got to work in the morning. Yeah. Just because I haven't. Yeah, I want a party. Uh, oh, you miserable cow. Like, you know. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking she's told them not to come, which she probably did. Um, so I've had a party for one, haven't I? And I'm just, you know. But then the next morning, I wake up. Did you ever enjoy the party? What, the party for one? Any parties? No. Was you searching for something party that didn't actually ever exist? I, I used to have... I used to arrange for all these. I've said this, I used to arrange for everyone to come round. I mean, they've got to whistle, fuck off home. It's a weird, it's a weird, weird thing, you know. So the next, like in the next morning, I wake up and I knew I was because, like, if you, you imagine waking up in here, you think, yeah. oh dear. And then I walked down to the house, waiting for the big, and it was like um, apathy. They've gone beyond that. And then my wife took the kids to school. I've gone in the cupboard. There's a note from my daughter who's now at uni, who's 21 in October. So 13 years, she was probably about, you work it out. But she wrote me a note, Dad, please don't go. It's like, sorry, I went in to get a live note, you know, like there are a dog in the cabinet and please don't go in this cabinet anymore, something like that. And that was, I, I, I felt low enough. I thought, oh, fuck, I've got to do, I, 
So I, I found a number, I found AA, someone, someone phoned me back, and I went to a meeting and all that. And that was your last drink? That was my last drink. However, I must add this, right? If any of those things hadn't have happened, I would have, as I'd done many times, I'd done, I was as bad as that, I'd done worse things as bad as that, felt as bad as that. If I, if that action hadn't have kicked in, like, I would have quickly turned it all around to, well, it wasn't that bad. Your wife probably wrote the note or dictated it or, do you know what I mean? You, you, because you, you, you really don't want to change. So anything you can, you can bring, change your way of thinking to make it okay, you do it. So it, it literally is about not only reaching this, I, I think people at many rock bombs, but not only reaching that lowest point, but then taking action. That's the thing. So you was obviously very, very unhappy for a long time leading up to this. Yeah. Yeah, I was contemplating suicide. I was, I was, I, the, the, the worst thing for me, the better things got, the worse I felt. Yeah. That doesn't make sense, does it? But I can relate to it because I think like, Probably like the Robbie Williams of the world, or you know, like who, who, it's that success thing, isn't it? You know, I mean, I, tell, <laughs> I wasn't that successful, but you know, the it's that thing of because it's it's it, it, people know now that if you've got this big massive hole that you're trying to fill with outside stuff, you, you, it's not going to work. Yeah, you know, you've got to heal from the inside out. What made you happy back then, though? Um, I've been, I mean, I've been happy. But it was hard to tell because um, until I went through recovery, I didn't really know who I was anyway. You know, like, this is one of the things. It's like you're... You have to find out who you are. And that's yeah. part of going through recovery. You, you, you actually do an inventory and you, you, you find out really, and it's not nice because you find out you ain't that special and you're not that nice and none of us are. But what we do is that we, we do the best that we can with what we've got. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, um, so looking back, often the things I would, I would sort of do stuff that I would think other people would appreciate. It's always people, it's all about, impressing it's all about your ego yeah so it's all about you know and even then it goes back you know what we're saying about fighting it's almost that thing of do you want to go and sit and watch the fights yeah or, or do, do you want, want to be seen and everyone you know and, and so busy on your phone yeah take it like oh i'm here i'm sitting here i've got best seats now i'm doing this there's a fucking fight here going yeah 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 You're, completely yeah completely you see him didn't you, you see yeah him, you? absolutely yeah. i've been guilty and i've done it yeah i've done it myself yeah um all right well look let's let's <laughs> let's get on to let's, completely no, no 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 not at all like you know it's important that people know <laughs> you know your story and, and, and what's gone into setting up um yeah. haircuts for the homeless so we'll, we'll, we'll drop another event in and then Go we'll then. then we'll pick back up on um after um, the first sort of centre and it growing from there and then we'll, we'll, we'll carry on with that story. Okay. So, the next um, UFC show. Right. I've got so much guilt looking at all this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not really compulsive, you know, but I've looked, you know, UFC 70 and it was uh, UFC 75, UFC 85, UFC 89, uh, UFC 93 Dublin and then we get to our next one which was UFC 95 at the O2. 
Who was that? And that was uh, Sanchez and uh, Joe Daddy Stevenson. Right. Because I caught Joe Daddy Stevenson's glove when he threw it out. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that was... um, that was amazing. And what happened was as well, I'm such a blagger, like, the, at that time, the UFC Fight Club used to be quite a strong thing. Um, it sort of died off a bit now. They don't really do so much for people. But it, um, I'd managed to sort of convince people that uh, I knew what I was talking about. Um, and I th- I'm sure that one was, it was at the O2, and they, they was going to do the fight party after, they do a fight party after the weigh-ins. Well, for some reason, that on that event, they decided to do the weigh-ins at the Dominion Court Theatre. Okay. Right. So, um, it was like people having to go from, from O2 over to there and then where to, where to have a party. And I went, well, I'll, I'll put one on. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I went, I'll put, I'll put a party on. It's okay, yeah. Um, and I become the Fight Club party host. And I, I did it, a mate of mine at the time had a, it just bought a bar in uh, just off of Leicester Square, right? A Brazilian bar, you know, and it was just a lot of walk along from that Dominion Theatre, and um, so I ended up hosting this Fight Club party, and it was amazing because we we came, it wasn't uh, a few fighters came. Uh, Dan Hardy was there. Amazing. Dan Hardy. Um, sorry, <laughs> uh, and we, and we, we, everyone come at the bar and it was all, you know, and we, we were, we done our free co- Brazilian cocktails and that for a yeah. little while and that. And then, uh, I've got someone come in and, oh, Bruce Buffer come in. Right. So right. for those who don't know, when you hear, um, his brother, Larry Buffer, uh, he's the, the most famous voice in boxing. He'll, uh, he's Let's Get Ready to Rumble, won't he? Yeah, Let's Get yeah. Ready to Rumble. Michael and Buffer. Michael Buffer, Michael sorry, Buffer. yeah. And, and uh, Let's Get Ready to Rumble. And, uh, um, um, and Bruce Buffer is his brother, yeah. and uh, and he's his uh, It's Time, right? Yeah, It's uh, Time. And it's, oh, it's, you hear that voice, you know yeah. it's going to happen. Yeah. It's amazing. All oh, right, so he yeah, turned up. He turned up, right? I think there was a couple of other fighters there, um, and, but we just had, you know, it's quite. A, it was a small bar, but had upstairs. Yeah. And uh, and then Bruce, and he he had uh, BJ Penn with him. But I mean, for those that don't know, BJ Penn is, I mean, uh, literally one of the greatest UFC fighters yeah. of all time, right? It was because he wasn't even fighting it on that. He was just the, you know, they have guests appearance yeah. people. Um, and he had uh, Troy Mandalone was his one of his fight, but he fought yeah. that day and lost that day. But he came as well with him, and he said, "But um, BJ wants to come in, but you need a bit of a. Can we have a bit of an area?" So we roped a bit off and asked everyone, "Yeah, can you just move out because BJ's coming, but he wants a bit of peace and quiet." So we, <laughs> and Dan Hardy was in there. Now he was, I think it was co-main event. I'm sure he was. Uh, yeah, he was definitely uh, definitely high up on the on yeah. the event card, and he he went to leave. <laughs> Dan Hardy, I went. You're all right, mate. You can stay. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, all right, I was going to leave the VIP thing. Yeah. yeah. What, uh, uh, what humility? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He was like. <laughs> and and if you want to hear how humble and amazing Dan Hardy is, he's been on Distraction Pieces twice now. Yeah. Um. So listen to Pip talking to Dan Hardy because he's a absolutely fascinating human being that yeah. post post fighting careers done some incredible journeys yeah. and 
and experience some banana stuff. He's 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 a deep guy, yeah. and uh, and and now an incredible pundit. Like yeah. he's he's fantastic in what he's doing at the moment, yeah. and uh, and his story why he can't fight anymore is really interesting. Um, but uh, yeah, sorry, Shu. I just yeah, I, I thought nah. I'd just nod to people to go and check out him on Pip's podcast because yeah, he's definitely. he's fascinating, yeah. Dan Hardy. And uh, just it come from nowhere, you know. Like so, all of a sudden, I'm like, um, and Dan Mergliata said, uh, I think he had a, his boy with him or something. He said, Oh, can I? Can I get me boy in like you know? And I was like, yes, cool, come in. Brilliant. <laughs> running the party, I love yeah, it. So I was running the party, party organizer. So I had cards made, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Still got a full pack of them. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I never gave any away. I just you know, fist of print. You know, UFC party. You know, oh, most. brilliant. Yeah, but uh, no, it's brilliant. You know what? What? A, but it, it's all part of the magic, isn't it? Yeah. You know, like. Um, and they did used to do a lot for fans of then, you know, they used to put on these events. Mm. Um, uh, but what what a great, I mean, going to the going to the card. Yeah, go on, um, let's, let's go through what, uh, who else was fighting on that. Right, so, yeah, UFC 95 was, oh, I remember this. This, I mean, the main event was Diego Sanchez and Joe Stevenson, you know, and, uh, which is always going to be a, yeah. a storm, isn't it? You know? um, and then it was Dan, Dan Hardy. He beat Rory Markham. Um, but Nate, I remember Nate Marquardt won that night. Nate the Great. Yeah, Nate the Great. And he did an amazing sort of like, um, a, a bit of a karate combination, you know, like he really, you know, yeah. it was really impressive uh, uh, KO that he got on that. Um and so you look back and you think, I can't, I don't remember I saw yeah. these people. Because uh, Damien Meyer beat Chael Sonnen. Wow. And you wow. Think, you think, wow. Uh, uh, Paolo Thiago uh, beat Josh Koscheck. Everyone used to like watching Koscheck get beat. Everyone. <laughs> Terry Etienne uh, won again. Um, heavyweight. Junior Dos Santos and Stefan Struve. I mean... How far is that down the bill? Way down. That's ridiculous. Yeah, Evan Dunham and Paul Kelly. Uh, Paul Kelly beat Troy Mandalonis. Wow. Yeah. I've got a great picture of um, me and BJ looking m- m- extremely miserable with Troy in the background. Like <laughs> Christmas has come through. Yeah, 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 brilliant. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. Just an amazing thing that... that it's, it's, you don't appreciate these things till hindsight. Yeah. Hindsight's an amazing thing, isn't mm. it? And a, it's a shame you don't really appreciate these things at the time. Yeah. But then you can't really. I can't remember which was the first one. I think the first one that Pip took me to was, I think it was it was at the O2. I don't know if you've got any more on the O2 on your list. There will be, yeah. All oh, right, okay. I'll, uh, I'll That's okay. What, what? It was Bispin versus... Who was it if? Was it Santos? No, he didn't fight Santos, did he? Would it be? Uh, it it wouldn't be a. It would be before the um, silver fight, wouldn't it? Uh, I've got literally shoot out in here somewhere. We need to load of coasters from the VIP thing. Of the <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, latest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think that was one. That of was Scotland. That was oh, that was Scotland, right? Yeah, yeah. the the O two one. 
Who thought of the O2 one? Oh, it might have been... Um, uh, who's the... Uh, light, uh, light, light heavyweight. Um, keeps getting knocked out now. Um, oh, gosh, what's his name? What's the kickboxer? Um, oh, gosh. Uh, what, the O2? Yeah. Oh, God. I can't remember. I can't remember. I can't believe I forgot his name. London boy. Oh, um. Oh, God. Did you mean on the same event as that? He didn't fight him. No, I'm sure he was on that. Who was on that bill? Because you were about the one where, um. Because I'm. He, he fought at 120. Who? Uh, Bisping. Right. No, maybe Bisping weren't on that card then. Did you mean Poster Boy? No. He was just retired. Was he? Jimmy. Jimmy Manoa. Yeah. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. It was Jimmy Manoa. Yeah. He's uh, just retired, hasn't he? Because he, he's, he's done a lot. He, and funny enough, some of these early ones, he, he was like, he was at them as well, you know. Oh, yeah, I don't think he done too well at the one I went to either. I think no. he got put to... Uh, he was fighting bloody Gustafsson. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Because uh, everyone was going, like, people who didn't quite know was going... Is that on your list, by the way? No, but right. they were saying... Was you that, at that? Uh, I, that one I didn't go to um, for some reason. But he, he looked the part, didn't he, Jimmy? Yeah. Uh, and he's a great fighter. I've been to quite a few of his. But Gustafsson, like people who didn't know, was a bit like flabby, you know. And like, you know. Yeah, stone cold killer. But like, I was going, nah, he's going to kill him. Yeah. And they're going, nah, look at it again, look at it. Yeah. The other guy, he's like, I go, nah, he's going to kill him. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> done him. He was, I mean. <laughs> but they become great friends and great training partners. They after did, that. didn't they, after that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Gustafsson's one of my. My favourite fighters, yeah. and and I think he's a, a prime example of someone that did feel who beat Gustafsson first. Was it Phil? He's uh, now Bellator. Uh, Phil Davis, Davis. beat yeah. him, yeah. and then I think Gustafsson. Then, if I'm correct, then went and signed up and and, and trained with with Phil Davis. Yeah, I think I'm right. Right. Well, um, and definitely one hundred percent, he beat Jones that fight. <laughs> no one wants to see John Jones get beat more than me. Like uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not a fan. I mean, but he's he's a ridiculous. He's fantastic. Know, he's unbelievable. Um, but you think he won? <sighs> close though, wouldn't it? It was be- it, yeah, it really so is. close. It was way for Finn, wasn't so it? So close, and and I and I you know I wanted Gus to win bad, but. Yeah. I don't know. I just know in that last round, that elbow at the end, I did just think he might have, he might have nicked it with that. Yeah. Like, um, but oh, I mean, what must a fight like that take out of you as a human being? Yeah. Like, you did know, he ever get over it? I wonder. I, I I think me and Pip was talking about this the other day. That, yeah. You know, what has that taken from Gustafsson? You yeah. know, because that was his moment, wasn't it? Where he, you know, and it's like when you you know you talk about you know Daniel Cormier it's like he can do whatever he wants and beat everyone but he just can't beat John Jones can he and and that must haunt him yeah it must drive him mad that that guy he just can't beat him no I honestly think if he fought him 20 times he wouldn't beat him once I don't think he would 
and I think he was as clean as squeaky clean. They rung him out on a, on yeah. <laughs> he and he, he, he I think he still beat him. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. Um, and it's that how do you how do you overcome that fear, deep rooted mm. fear of something that you people do do it. Yeah, they do overcome it and they do avenge a loss and they yeah. do avenge something in in life, but it's a tough one. Yeah. And th- that's when I always credit Lennox Lewis. Yeah. Two defeats, but both times, next fight, went back, yeah. put them both to sleep. Yeah. Like, you know, and doesn't really get the recognition I think he deserves. No, I think a, he was he, an amazing champion. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, cool guy. And, and he's a big boy, isn't he? Yeah, you like, him at Bellator. Yes. Oh, yeah. was you at that show? Yeah, I was there, yeah. Because like, he was sitting next to Tito... Yeah. Um, not Crow Cop, uh, Fedor. Fedor and David Hay. That's it, yeah. And when uh, Thingy knocked out, when MVP done that oh. flying, uh, it was a knee, wasn't it? Yeah, he smashed his and skull. And crashed that guy's yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, skull, which yeah. went cyborg. very viral, cyborg skull, yeah. I mean, again, that noise. Oh, I remember saying to Pip, like, but then when that happened, Oh, we were sort of nudging from behind just because we're all fans. We were sort of just yeah. like, look at that. Look at them four fellas there. There's like yeah. four absolute legends there. Yeah. And when they all stood up, you realise then just how small a heavyweight David Hay was and yeah. just what a monster of a heavyweight Lennox Lewis was. Yeah. And yeah. he literally like, had a foot on David Hay. He was yeah. he was huge. Uh, uh, yeah, that was... Um, when, when MVP threw that, and it, obviously the celebration went viral. It, you know, he, he knows how to market himself. But yeah. when he got up that fellow, I thought that was a very big noise and he don't look like he's unconscious. And it was like then the next day the X-ray photos come oh, out and then the indent horrific. on his face. God. They looked it. after him though. Yeah. Did they? Yeah. From what I heard, that they did really look after mm. him. Like medical bills and everything. So for those that don't know, Bellator is like... Um, it's another fighting organisation, which is you know pretty much similar in in in, in rules as, as as UFC. It's another form of mixed martial arts, and and it's kind of I would say safe to say a league below UFC. Yeah, in, 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 up there, though, isn't it? but it is, and they're signing up not just kind of veterans of UFC, but also a lot of people that aren't happy. Contractually, yeah. like people like Rory McDonald are, yeah. are, are moving over there. Yeah. Um, and, and, and having success but yeah it's every time there's a Bellator card now they're looking more and more exciting and, are, and, yeah. and it's uh, and, and, and as an event as well it was very well put together yeah. uh, but it was good I mean I've yeah. got to be honest it, it weren't UFC level no um, and I've never been to a sporting experience football boxing anything that is as well done as a UFC no. event <laughs> so it would appear that this is going to be a two-parter the conversation was flowing and I was in no rush to stop it because, as you're very aware now, what a journey Stu's had. So I won't keep you um, hanging around anymore. Head straight over to wherever you get your podcasts, Acast, Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, whatever one. and uh, Or better still, subscribe and then it's already on your phone and uh, and get stuck into part two. I'll see you on the other side. Bye. Oh yeah, sorry, I've butted in yet again. I just want to quickly tell you about this magazine. It's called Pod Bible. 
Now, Pod Bible is the new essential guide to podcasts. It's put together alongside Spotify and Acast, and it's a one-stop shop to tell you all about the podcasts you maybe know about, but definitely about a load of the podcasts that you probably don't know about that we think you should know about. I mean, in the first edition, there's interviews with Adam Buxton, interviews with Craig Parkinson, and there's features on Jade Adams, and there's just an abundance of information about so many exciting podcasts that are out there. Also, Spotify have given us these amazing little codes. So if you do get a print copy, you can just turn on your Spotify on your phone, scan the little code, and it just automatically opens up the podcast on your listening device. How good's that? If you haven't managed to get a print copy, then just go over to www.podbiblemag.com and read it online because the digital version is all over there and it's all free. So every other month there'll be a new edition out. So go and have a look and support us on the social medias as well. Podbiblemag.com It's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present our core listing, the podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.